Hola y ben, bienvenidos a bordo de Acorazado Pretensión. Yo soy Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. Y gracias por escuchar. David, ¿cómo te va? I'm doing all right. I'm tickled pink. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, that was because I just spent the last week in uh, in uh, Bogota, Colombia, and so I thought I'd show off some of the Spanish that I've learned, which is to say I plugged in the usual intro into Google Translate. And uh, so if we have any Spanish listeners, um, I'm sorry that I've probably offended you. <laughs> I couldn't help but go into the accent, David. Sure, sure. I just can't help it. But uh, anyway, but enough of that. So <laughs> yes, plenty. That was plenty of that. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> uh, how that. was how was Bogota? It Quick, was fun. Quickly. On, yeah, wrap, yeah. Wrap it, I, it was fun. I had a I had a good time. Um, it's uh, it's fascinating. I'm going to offend more people. Um, uh, you know, there are certain things that uh, Colombia is associated with kidnapping and drugs. I would say primarily. And um, I think that's changing, though. It is changing, um, and and so I that's kind of that's kind of neat. If, but if Anthony Bourdain is an authority on it, who else would be? That's true. Yeah. Well, our tour guide uh, was talking about you know uh, things that have uh, you know very. He talked about uh, you know uh, these days drug lords can't uh, get away with what they used to because now you have to prove where the income came, where your income came from. I was like, wow. That's been around a while in other countries, you know, that idea. <laughs> but that's fine. That's fine. Uh, so I, didn't, I did not fear uh, for my life or anything like that. Um, unless, of course, I was riding in a car. Um, I don't know if they have traffic laws down there. They certainly, I guess, ran out of paint to, like, draw lines on the street. Uh, because what could be basically like a three-lane street... Uh, will sometimes whittle down to one or two, not because of any construction, just because no one really feels the need to stay in any specific lane. Uh-huh. Uh, it's really quite horrifying. And uh, let's say there's two. Let's say there's two lanes right next to each other, and they're both turning left. The one in the leftmost lane may just decide, you know what, I want to go straight. Um, and uh, no one honks. No one seems to. No one seems to be bothered by it. Um, <laughs> Were you actually driving? Oh my no. No, not at all. I was. Uh, we had a, we had a like a driver, or we had a, a cab, or or whatever the case may be, and uh, and uh, it was it was fun. But in those moments, I was just like, "What is going on with these people?" <laughs> it's very, it's like. I mean, I understand that you know maybe uh, you know, and it, driving is different in different cultures. But like a lot of it, a lot of I think U.S. Uh, driving laws they just seem like common sense to me like a stop sign meaning stop <laughs> is one and uh like the only time i mentioned that nobody ever honks no one seems to care the only time anybody ever honks is if a light turns green and then like the second car isn't somehow in front of the first car uh like it seems to be bothered by the fact that well the light is green i should be 20 feet ahead of where i am now but i'm not and i'm angry about that uh it was really uh that was a very frightening experience, but uh, but don't worry, David. I found plenty to eat. Oh, so, good. There was a really Let's not g- talk about food again, though, for fifteen minutes like we did last time. Yeah, no, no, that's um, fine. But uh, really good, uh, really good uh, steak down there. All right. Now, speaking of last time, there have been some some uh, some things happened since last time. Some developments. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, the most notable of which is that we. Uh, we we put up the first two uh, Ask BP video segments. That's right. Yes. Uh, by the time this episode goes up, they will both be available on the website. There was a little mistake that I made. So yeah. Sorry. And I need to. I have not gotten a single email about this. I don't know if anyone's even watching them. But I rewatched the first one. Yeah. And uh, I was not paying attention. I said something wrong. What'd you say? Well, you could not think of the name of a guy Madden film. You said, "Is it called Silence?" Yeah. And I, with 
some weird confident said, no, it's called Hush. Okay. It's not called Hush. Hush is a classic uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode. Okay. It's called Careful. Careful. Okay. All right. Right? And uh, when I watched it, when I rewatched it, I was like, why did I say Hush? I guess just because I've got Buffy the Vampire Slayer on the brain. Well, I know that. <laughs> Believe me, you don't have to tell me that, but uh, or or the listener. Um, yeah. Uh, well, you can, you know you can't win them all. I mean, this is just uh, off the top of our head. Uh, granted, when looking at the question, perhaps we should have done a little bit of uh, uh, research into Guy Madden, even though we've both seen films by him. Yeah. Um, no, I know big... it's ca- careful. I was just yeah. it. I was looking at my phone, reading tweets. You know. Think about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, let me ask you this. Who is more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him? You, who said, oh, it's called Hush, and me go, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Which one of us is worse? I'd venture to and say you've never me. even seen that Buffy episode. <laughs> I know. Oh, there's so... But I did... I I was thinking of the, the little, uh, you know, uh, multi-issue arc of Batman where uh, there's sure. a, a character sure. named, uh, named Hush. Um, um. <clears throat> So yeah, I just, I just wanted to point that out, even though no one has said anything about it. Right. I just wanted to uh, to point that out. Yeah. Um, I also, okay, every time we do an episode on a topic, we get uh, one or two emails, how could you not mention this movie? Yeah. I've gotten Did you get so long? many for the Shakespeare one. I got only one, but it was really long. Yeah, no, I think I got that one too, but I've gotten, I guess because I'm on Twitter as well, I, oh, I've yeah, gotten yeah. so many, so I want to say, I'm sorry, we're never going to be able to get to all of them. Yeah. And also, I'm actually sorry that uh, I guess my list was kind of a mess. I completely meant to mention, to talk about Kenneth Branagh's Henry V. Right. And, because I love it. And, of course, Akira Kurosawa's Ron, which is right. King Lear, which I also love. Right. Um, now, speak, so I'm sorry that we didn't do that. Now, speaking of Akira Kurosawa. Yeah. Oh, well done, David. Um, <clears throat> but before you get into your thing, did you know, yeah. I know you've never seen Ron. But no. Uh, it's going to be playing at the New Art. It's Will a, it really? It's when a, is that? It's a new print. It's like this month or next month. It's. I a, think I'll go see it. Because it's seems... a 25th anniversary of the movie. so I'll go see it. That sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So speaking of uh, Kurosawa, for those that have seen, uh, I believe it's video number two. Uh, uh, yeah, it's number two. Yeah. In which uh, somebody asked us if we were going to do uh, a profile episode on uh, Kurosawa. And we both said no, primarily because of me. Uh-huh. Um, because I have only at this point in my life seen one Kurosawa film, and that film is uh, Rashomon, um, which I love. I yeah. think it's a really wonderful film. Um, and it just led to. And last night, uh, my friends and I have a, a weekly movie night where we uh, will watch any number of uh, of things. But uh, last night we watched Eight and a Half, and uh, I've seen Eight and a Half. It it had been so long, probably about eleven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I really remember nothing about it. And you would think that a film as as inherently memorable as that, you would remember something about it. Um, and uh, But I didn't remember much, and so I was excited to, excited to watch it, because at the time, you know, I was young, and I, I thought, uh, you know, I didn't, really, I didn't really get it, and uh, I didn't really respond favorably to it, but I assumed that it was good uh, because of everything that I had heard, and I assumed, like, you know what, when I'm older, I'll watch it again, and maybe I'll get it. Um, so I watched it last night and, uh, and certainly it's a great film. There's no question about that. I think, uh, Fellini really, uh, accomplishes what he's trying to do, uh, with it. But, um, but I didn't enjoy it. Um, huh. yeah. Uh, and so it just got me, th- so that combined with a couple of comments that I got, uh, in response to my lack of seeing, uh, Kurosawa films, um, <clears throat> led me to, uh, I want, I feel like I want to address something. On the on the show now uh-huh. because 
We've have made. Have you seen uh, Eve Italoni? No. Film? You'd like that one, I think. Yeah, and people say that I would like uh, La Dolce Vita as well. Sure. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, just because I didn't care for Eight and a Half doesn't mean that uh, that I'm shut off from uh, Fellini as a filmmaker at all. Um, but so here's the deal: is uh, <laughs> we've made jokes, both David and myself, about how he's seen m- many more foreign films uh, than than me. Um, than I. Than I. <laughs> thank you, David. I hate you so much. But it's, <laughs> and it's, or is it well, me well, hate well, you so well, much? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have made jokes about it. Yeah. That's true. It is true. Okay. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, I think the joke comes in like you will make fun of me and talk about how I, how I hate other cultures and stuff right, like that. You're a, you're a Philistine. Again, uh, we're, that's d- true because I, I do like g- America. Jingoistic xenophobe. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> um, but... Uh, that's a gr- I love saying that jingoistic xenophobe. It really sounds <laughs> complex, um, and in fact, there's nothing simpler. But uh, but yeah, the um, <clears throat> so I felt like I should I should address it because people have often commented that like you know you really should see more foreign films, um, and uh, I agree I should. And in fact, uh, over the last six months, uh, I've really had the opportunity with like these movie nights and also just seeing things on my own. Uh, I've managed to catch up. Not totally, but catch up on a lot of things that I have had been meaning to see for years, and it's really been a rewarding experience. I finally saw Grand Illusion. I saw It's a Wonderful Life, which isn't a foreign film, but um, I saw The Four Hundred Blows. I saw Rafifi, um, and uh, you hadn't seen Rafifi no. until recently. No, oh, that surprises me. Yeah, and I loved it. And that, I saw that, that uh, me. Umberto D, which I thought was amazing. It was really so. There was a lot of a lot of films that I saw, and, and I really like and. Uh, but just in general, uh, you know, I, perhaps I, I felt like I should maybe ad- address why I haven't seen them. And as we've talked about a little bit before, there are certain themes that I inherently gravitate towards. And they are, uh, if not strictly American, they are definitely Western themes. Um, but I would say specifically they're very American themes, just that I just really like exploring. Um, and I realize that my personal preference and what I like should not necessarily always dictate what I see and don't see, but it, it has dictated what becomes pri- the priority for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, another aspect is the things that I look for in a film and the things that I find most satisfying. Um, and, of course, that's a strong script with great dialogue uh, and good characters and good acting, as we've talked about before. Uh I mean, unless a film, unless you literally can't see or hear it, um, you know, uh, strong acting and strong characters and and great writing is usually enough for me. And if the film only looks so-so or if there's really nothing going on visually or Mm -hmm. whatever, I can usually deal with it and I'm usually fine with it. But um, and so I think this kind of gets into and I'm reminded of something that you asked me uh, during the Shakespeare episode in which we were talking about uh, Laurence Olivier and you mentioned uh, Toshiro Mifune, uh-huh. and um, you asked about his acting style, um, because when I saw, eh, for those that don't know, um, Toshiro Mifune is, is often the uh, the lead actor for Akira Kurosawa. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I saw Rashomon, and of course he's he's one of the leads in that film, and uh, and his acting style, it's not bad. It's just different uh, mm-hmm. than what people, what Americans would say is, oh, this is great acting. It's very big mm-hmm. and over the top. 
And when you prize a certain type of acting as I do, it takes a little while to get used to it. Um, and so, so there's, but I think that example is a good example of maybe why certain types of films, and in this case, I would say foreign films in general, but certainly Asian films, um, have not been a big priority for me is because it's just, they will explore themes that I usually, it's not that I don't care about them. It's just, I have a hard time relating to them. And so it's, it's a great deal more work. Um, and I know that that sounds really terrible for me to say that, uh, Oh, well, I don't want to do work. (laughs) I do. But quite frankly, when it, you know, when you get out of college, it's kind of, you're, you're then uh, responsible for your own education. Uh And sometimes, you know, David, you mentioned that at this point you wind up almost neglecting watching movies in favor of television because when it comes right down to it, that's what you'd rather watch. Yeah, and that's true. And so, like for me, you know, I would rather I'd rather go and see you know, uh, like a classic I don't know a, cl- a classic American film that I haven't seen rather than uh, you know uh, Ron or Yojimbo or anything like that. That's not to say that I won't. S- what I just love that name Yojimbo Yojimbo. <laughs> How are people insulting me? And you just said that. I didn't say that. You did. I've always found it funny. <laughs> um, but uh, and so I think um, you know it's my not seeing these films is certainly not a reflection on these films. It's not that I think that they're bad or that I think I can't get anything out of them because you know nine times out of ten when I do you know when I do see a foreign film, even if it's one that you know culturally couldn't be further from what i what appeals to me uh i've still found it you know so rewarding and actually i i recently um you know kind of redid my uh my top hundred and there's a lot more foreign films on there and there's a lot more silent films on there and um and so there's so i think uh i think i'm i'm starting to head that direction but you know ultimately when it comes when it comes down to it you know uh if it's like, oh, well, I could either go see this or, you know, I could either go see uh, The White Ribbon uh-huh. or see Crazy Heart. Well, I'd like to see them both, but today I'd rather see Crazy Heart because I love Tender Mercies and I hear that <laughs> music is good and Jeff Bridges is amazing. And that's not to say that I don't want to see The White Ribbon, but if I had to choose between the two, I will choose the one that appeals more to the things I like. And it does, and it's not a judgment on The White Ribbon. Uh, at all, it's just kind of the way it works, and so, so it's. I've seen Crazy Heart and not White Ribbon. All right then, and, I uh, think that makes uh, you worse. Yeah, I want to see White, White Ribbon, but Crazy yeah. Heart is great. You re- oh oh good so okay. great. Um, and so, and and also now I'm going to start getting just a tad defensive, uh, because wait, you haven't been? No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, you'll I'll 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 make sure there's a tonal shift in my voice. Um. So, the, you know, you and I have discussed, David, the idea of people saying, you haven't seen blah, blah, blah. And with me, it's almost always going to be a foreign film. Now that I've got It's a Wonderful Life out of the way, now it's almost always going to be a foreign <laughs> film. Uh, and so people are like, what? You didn't see that? Why not? I don't know. Maybe because I was busy watching silent films. I've seen more silent films than most people I know. And, and so it's just... If it's not this, it's going to be something else. I mean, I really don't know a lot of people, and this is going to sound mean, but, you know, I've got friends. I have stuff to do. I have a wife. 
I've got, you know, I, I can't just sit and watch every single thing in the world. Yeah. Um, and, but it's not like I'm off watching, uh, you know, Meet the Spartans or something. Instead of seeing this good movie, I'm instead watching this good movie. Uh, and that, and that's where I get defensive, where it's just like... There's no need... Those, those people, I... Uh, you said we talked about it before. I don't remember that, but I'm sure we talked about how we hate when people do that. Yeah. Okay. Good, because I do hate. Yeah. Uh, any that there's always going to be something that you haven't seen. Yeah. You're never going to see every movie. Right. You, and there's always going to be someone's favorite movie that you haven't seen, and they probably haven't seen some of your favorite movies. Right. It's uh, we all we all love movies. Let's just get over it. Let's yeah. S- stop being. We're supposed to be. Uh, damn it. We're supposed to be nerds. We're not supposed to be the jocks who are all competitive and all about the uh, the the pissing contests and the yeah. and that kind of stuff. But the, uh, I think nerds are nerds do the same thing. Than, worse than yeah. than jocks somehow. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Well, thank you for the uh, for the solidarity, David. But uh, but yeah. So I I wanted to do that because I feel like after almost 150 episodes, I don't know if I I feel like I've probably addressed it before, but. You know, there are major films, many of them not in English, that uh, that I haven't seen. And it has nothing to do with the idea. It's like, I don't want to go read a movie. It has nothing to do with that. It usually just has to do with uh, what, you know, whatever country it's from, just the things that they're trying to value, whether it be, uh, uh, you know, like subtle nuanced acting or the lack of it, for example, like in the case of Rashomon. But uh you know, and and it's just like, well, I'd either it's either that or something that I really like. Um, but I, but as I've said, the last six months, I've seen a lot of movies that that uh, I really loved, and I found it to be so rewarding. So I am slowly but surely making my way through the movies that uh, that I've been meaning to see. And so, movie night in a couple of weeks, uh, we're probably going to watch Throne of Blood and Scotland, PA. Because both of them are inspired right. by Macbeth. Right. So, there you go. All right. Good stuff. Now, <laughs> what are we talking about today? <laughs> Let's get into it, shall we? Yeah. No, oh, excuse me. Um, well, we you are... know what? We haven't brought up... Hang on a sec. We didn't uh, mention... Did we talk about the changes in the live show? Oh, I talked about it on, on Twitter, but no. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, live show, of course, still happening. $5 yeah. February 6th. At 8 p.m. at Meltdown Comics at 7522 Sunset Boulevard, Los Angeles, California. Free beer. Free beer. <clears throat> yeah. For you. We, we're buying it. Indeed. Um, uh, yeah, the, the lineup has changed a little bit. Yeah. Um, don't worry, Jimmy Pardo is still there. Yeah. He's still headlining. For now. What, what does that mean? For some oh, reason, you're just I, a pessimist. I am a pessimist, <laughs> and I'm worried that our headliner is going to bow out, but that's me. So who we got? Okay, so... We no longer, uh, I can't remember who was on the show last time we talked about it. Uh, Paul Rust will not be. Paul uh, Rust, unfortunately, on, uh, is unable to make it. On the show. But uh, here's, here's, here's the lineup now. Okay. All right. You got, you got your Jimmy Pardo. Got, yeah. You got TV's Frank, Frank Conniff. That's right. From Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah. You have uh, Battleship Pretension favorite, Josh Fadum. Right. Right. Absolutely. One of, our, one of BP's best friends. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, we've got we've got Pat Healy, yeah, who's been on the show, yeah, absolutely, uh, great guy, yeah, uh, and of course Ed Salazar, yeah, did I skip somebody? You sure did. You got Wait, uh, which one did I say? Funny Man Jason Nash. 
Oh, I didn't say Jason. I'm yeah. sorry. That was dumb of me. Yeah. I thought I had said Jason Nash before Josh Fadim. No, you didn't. Because I was running down in my head the poster. Oh, indeed. Uh, yes, yes. Oh, and a special thanks to Megan for designing that poster. It really looked quite wonderful. It and, really uh, does. I'm a big fan. Of oh, it. and speaking of the Ask BP video segments, a special thanks to, to Adam for making that awesome intro. Absolutely. That was so much... It's, it's always fun when someone... Well, maybe fun is not the word, but it's always uh, interesting when... It's like, hey, can you do this thing? Can you make this poster? Can you help us design a logo? Can you do this video segment? And it's like, wow, that's really great. Nothing I can do could ever, uh, you know, uh, make good on the promise of that uh, that animated sequence. It's just like, wow, that's really awesome. And now it's these two jackasses sitting and talking and hey. about. <laughs> We're gonna have to dis- uh, explain that. Maybe we won't explain. I don't it. think I have to do Absolutely. Uh, okay. It's a joke. So, yeah, All right, let's uh, get into it, shall we? Yeah. Uh, you know. We're, we're dancing on this topic like a bunch of animals. Um, the, the topic is... Cats a, don't dance, a, David. A, animal movies? Yeah. Uh, I'm not really sure what to call All movies right. about animals or movies featuring animals. Okay. Um, and uh, David, I, this is your topic. How did you get here? How did you arrive at this topic? You know what? Uh, here's the thing. I think animals are cute. Okay. And I, I just, I, I think uh, at the time, I came with this topic a couple weeks ago, and I think I'd been looking at a bunch of cute animal pictures online, and you were like, what should we do? We're like, got any ideas for topics? How about animals? <laughs> yeah, you were just spending time at Kitten War, and just voting on cute <laughs> kittens, and just like, oh, man. I have, uh, there's this website that I that I visit uh, that has a, it has a thread devoted to cute things. Okay. Okay? Yeah. On the message board there. What message board is this? What uh, website uh, this is this? This would be uh, specialthing.com. Created by a friend of the show, Matt Bell now. Yeah. I don't know why you're, you know, screwing him out of a plug. <laughs> He's a friend of ours. No, yeah, you're right. Um, and I love this thread. It's all just people posting pictures of cute things, mm-hmm. you know? And then every once in a while, some motherfucker will go in there and post a picture of a baby. A human baby. Okay. Babies ain't cute. Animals are cute. Hey, whoa. Babies are gross. Babies can be cute. If I know them. If it's a baby I know, I know its relationship, it knows me, then I can find it cute. If it's a baby out of context, who cares? You freaking... Okay. When you and I lived together, and my brother sent me picture... uh, Not pictures, but like video of my nephew, who was a baby. Yeah. Now, admittedly, first month, ugly. Very (laughs) ugly baby. All right? As all all babies are. Sure, yeah. Okay? In that first month or two... All white babies. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, what? I have no idea. That's, uh, that's uh, high on the list of things I would not have expected you to say. That was right up there. Um, but uh, yeah, you found you found those videos cute. Yeah, because there's a there's a, there's a context. Is all I'm saying. Okay. You know, but it's just a picture of a baby. No, that that does nothing for me. Wow. Well, what do you define as a baby, David? First couple months, like, at what point, like, is there a difference to you between, like, a baby and an infant? Because, like, a baby at four months old can be quite cute. Uh, again, I'm saying, I don't think I find any humans cute the way that I find animals cute, no matter what their age or, or size. Huh. All right. Fair enough. Because uh, if I, like, if I understand something about the baby, I can, you know, I, I, I can, uh, I can relate. I understand, like, okay, this baby loves someone or is okay. loved by someone. 
but just a baby, I think of it as the thing that's annoying me on an airplane or Man. You know, the reason I have to like take my cigarette to the other side of the sidewalk because here comes someone with a goddamn baby. <laughs> I was uh I was at church today, in fact, and uh uh church is getting a little crowded these days because now uh it's uh it's at a it's at a, in a high school uh-huh. auditorium and uh the overflow is like outside and everyone just watches a big screen TV of church going on and it's just like well that's only like 15 feet away but I guess we can't fit. And so uh but the overflow uh, has I often show up late as I show up late almost everywhere. And, yeah, because um, you don't have any respect for other people. You I'd consider it's about yourself right. more important. Well, if it makes you feel any better, clearly I don't have respect for God either. <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, and uh, so I, sh- so the overflow uh, has come to be like where parents hang out with their babies, even though our church does have like a nursery for children. You can leave the children there and then go and sit quietly and listen. And so I sat there because I was late. And I just and like just there are kids running around and all that. I'm just like I can't focus, so I I'm like you know what? There's only one of me. There's probably a seat inside. So sure enough, there was, and uh, and I was so pleased. And I was just like <laughs> you know I realized that like in the Christian community, like parents are really quite valued. But uh, I'm still like just this stupid childless uh, jerk who's just like ugh. Look, I know this is where parents with children are supposed to be, but can you keep it down, please? I, I find myself sometimes, uh, I'll be just out shopping or something, and then there'll be some kid in the store, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> just making a ruckus, yeah. being distracting and annoying. And I find myself wishing there were some sort of, like, there were, like, towns outside of the real uh, world, outside mm-hmm. of the real city, that if you have a kid, you have to go live in this town. Oh, okay. This is where the kids. This is where the families with kids live. Okay. And then the real world will can, can continue to function without all these kids in it. I wish that would happen. <laughs> I wish. I wish people would be exiled upon deciding to have a baby. Why does this seem like the beginning <laughs> of a Grimm's fairy tale? <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's so. That's how I feel about babies. They're just like little animals. Okay, David, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. We. Oh man. We're, we still have not gotten to the topic because you were so long-winded about foreign movies. Speaking of long-winded foreign movies, Eric Romare died. He sure did. Uh, and that's a guy that I think whose films you would really like. That's what other people have told me as well, yes. Yeah, you should definitely see Claire's Knee. That's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, yeah, movies about animals. Okay, so this so came I, about from you saying, hey, animals are cute. Yeah, pretty much. And so... Uh, uh, so I, I was making a list here, and I decided. Now I know you didn't make a list because you had, wanted me to uh, to lead run, the charge. To lead the charge. So I'm letting yeah. you know we're talking about live action here. Okay. We're talking about actual animals. Not, gonna, not talking about Finding Nemo. No, not talking about Finding Nemo. Great no, Mouse not, Detective. Not talking about the Jungle Book. Rescuers. We're is not out. talking about the Lion King. All right. We're not talking about Ice Age. Right. We're not talking about Ice Age Two: The Meltdown. All right. We're not talking about Ice Age Three. Did that have a subtitle? Uh, Dawn of the No Rise of the Dinosaurs or something like that. Okay. Age of the Dinosaurs. All right, which doesn't make sense because all the characters in Ice Age they existed after dinosaurs. Yeah, I think there's probably some kind of twist in there somewhere where the dinosaurs are back, <laughs> much like in that film We're Back, <laughs> right? Which will not be on on no. the list. I did not. There's no Jurassic Park in here. I did not. I did not include dinosaurs. Maybe I should okay. have. Maybe you should have. But they're not real. They're not. They're, they're just the same as... No, dinosaurs existed, David. No, but I mean, you they can't actually have actors interacting with a dinosaur. I don't know. I saw that film Baby growing up. 
I don't know that one. Oh, it's about like a little baby brontosaurus or something like that. Anyway, go ahead. Is it like Denver the Last Dinosaur? Yeah, they have, but they put sunglasses on it. <laughs> right. Because like, cool you know shirt. the thing about Denver the last, the last Dinosaur. What's that? He's your friend and a whole lot more. <laughs> Whatever that means. Oh, man. <laughs> this, this is a fun episode, David. You were uh-huh. right. <laughs> so I have no idea where to start. Uh, you know what? The, the very first one on my list, this is sort of uh, <clears throat> uh, for your benefit. I okay. put Jaws as the as the first movie on my list. Okay. Now sharks ain't cute. No, I think baby sharks are probably cute. No, they're all awful. But they're small when they're babies. So, okay, what? Okay, <laughs> so let me get this straight. Human baby, ugh, no, thank you. Baby shark, now we're talking. Let's give him a yeah, hug. Because you know what? Humans are smarter. So when a human baby acts like a baby, it's a sociopath. A baby shark doesn't have any choice. It's just doing what it, it. It's just following its instinct. I would say a human baby is also following its instinct as they. Yeah, at that I, point I are. know that. I know that logically, <laughs> but since I think of it as a human, I'm like, I just want to be like, why are you acting like this? Grow up. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Let's let's get back to the topic here. Um, yeah, and in talking about Jaws, I guess that can talk about that allows us to talk about like the first subset of animal movies, which is. Man, like man versus animal where the animal really it's it is interesting to me that uh there's there there's always going to be a market for movies in which an animal which is of course a lower life form than us like for all our technology yeah this in animal, terms of intellect into right yes yes um wait what do you mean i just i, I just didn't want to get any letters from angry animal rights people a shark is less than me. You know what? I agree with you. Yeah. But I'm saying there are people out there who will get offended by that. I can listen to another show. There's got to be a show for those people out there. <laughs> um, but, uh, well, you know what? Those people are probably cheering when Jaws' head blows up. Just the same as me. They're just not going to say it. Anyway. Um, but just, I- I'm fascinated by by the idea of, uh, and this this happens in movies that don't have animals as well. We're just... I feel I feel like people are at this point conditioned to believe that like well okay well we're the we're the highest on the totem pole look at all this technology we have we we never really have to worry about other things it's just like oh well there's animals we've got guns you know mm-hmm. problem solved we have the bomb if nothing if <laughs> if yeah. necessary but if it comes I mean you say that they're you know they're lower in terms of intellect but when right. it comes down to hand to hand combat right there's a lot of animals that could take any one of us absolutely you know? and I think that. That in that there's, there's Jaws the shark. <laughs> yeah. There's there's that lion called named the ghost. There's that other lion named the darkness. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, what else is on my list? There's uh, that movie Cats and Dogs. <laughs> there's uh, the bear in the edge. The edge as well here. as the bear played oh. by the same bear. Oddly enough. Uh, also, there's the birds in the birds. That's right. I feel like I had one more on here like that. There's the snake in Anaconda. Uh, I did not put that on. There's the several snakes in Anaconda. Search for the blood orchid or whatever it is. What about those uh, those gorillas in Congo? Oh man, where you are the endangered species, David. <laughs> um, <laughs> taglines are hilarious. Yeah, I love they them. Are. But uh, but I think I think that inherent. I think that they like. I think filmmakers are smart to tap into that fear, just the idea, and which of course makes the film Deep Blue Sea just ridiculous because like the sharks got smarter. You don't have to make super smart sharks. They kill and eat. That's they're all you need. Sharks. And just like, oh, but now they're they kill and eat, but they're smart about it. They don't need to be smart to be frightening. <laughs> um, 
And I remember, I think in D- Deep Blue Sea, like, it's a big deal that, like, the shark can, like, swim backwards or something. Like, uh, swimming backwards and not being able to get, you know, water flowing through the gills the way it's supposed to. I don't think that has to do with intellect, by the way. <laughs> but that's fine. Um, you but I think with that intellect, <clears throat> the shark would develop a conscience. Whoa. The, that's the Deep Blue Sea I want to see. Absolutely, yeah. A shark that uh, that thinks and really is just like it feels bad. Yeah, but I I think I think Finding Nemo and the sharks and that Bruce I think that uh, that explores that David. Sure. Um, and so I I I feel like the idea animals are are adorable. This is sound dumb. No, no, no. Scary. Oh, I'm sorry. They're very scary. Did I ever tell you the story about? Uh, I don't think I ever talked about it on the show where I was chased by a skunk at the zoo. You have told me that story. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, and it's one of those things where I just realized, like, you know, I could kick this skunk, and it's no problem, but he's got defenses that I don't have, and I feel gypped because of it. Because just, like, for all my guns and my car, because I did run over a family of skunks once. Really? uh, Thinking that it was a black uh, trash bag blowing across the street. I was driving very fast. and uh, How old were you? Like 17. Oh, You know what? You know where I was driving? I was I was driving on that same freeway that when that we bird, hit that bird, yeah, that, that bird, suicidal bird <laughs> that was flying way too low. Um, it was standing. By, okay, we were in the car. It was probably about two thirty in the morning. Yeah, and uh, we see this big, weird looking goose bird thing. Yeah, just standing by that side of the road, and it's just standing there. Yeah, right by the side of the road. We could see it coming a long way away. It's a long stretch yeah. of highways. No one else there. Bird is just standing there, and then it waits until you're right on top of it to try to take off, and it yeah. takes off directly into your car. Yeah, and, and it destroyed my headlight and got blood all over my nice white car, and I <laughs> felt really bad about it. Yeah, but I, I don't understand why that bird, it, it had to be suicide. <laughs> right. That's what it looked like. Or just a dumb bird that's just like, now's my chance! <laughs> um, and so, but but it's, I don't know, it's just, it's it's... It's weird. I don't know. Maybe this is just something that I bring to these movies because there is nothing to me. There's like nothing more frightening than the realization that there's nothing I can do. Like, especially uh, a film like Jaws or Deep Blue Sea or uh, or Open Water, especially just the realization that like for all for all of man man's technological brilliance and the idea that that man has developed so much that as as a species that's just like wow that's really amazing for man as a species but it is actually it's actually detrimental to man me just me as an individual floating in the ocean cuz now i got nothing yeah. i have no idea what to do and now now i'm at the mercy of whether or not this shark decides he wants to eat me oh he does well now i'm screwed um and that really i think there's an inherent terror in that that the things that that we that make us superior to to animals can't save us when it comes right down to it. When it's just you know, and I remember thinking like, well, if I was in a situation, you know, I, I watched Jaws or or you know, Ghost in the Darkness or Anaconda, it's like, okay, well, I am smarter than these, so I should be able to, at the very least, think my way out of this. But then thought will only take you so far. Yeah. And when it comes right down to it, brute strength and instinct. Which is something I don't have. And those lions can run faster than you can. They sure can, and they can climb trees and uh, all, all number of things. And and I realize I've been talking about this for a while, but those films to me are actually like 
perhaps more frightening than maybe they are to other people because it I'll, really I'll agree with that. It oh that it's more frightening to me than other people. No, I mean that it's, it's I mean I'm with you. Oh, okay. I also because I am terrified of nature. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> just the realization's like you got no recourse here. Like you just are going to die. Did did I ever did I ever tell you I'm sure this is uh, I'm sure I've told you this story. I don't know if I've ever said it on the uh on the podcast. Yeah. Uh about when I went golfing with my brother in Florida. Oh, you told me. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So um apparently the, okay uh, this uh, people get eaten by like alligators and crocodiles, or maybe just one of the two. I don't know the difference. Yeah. They're both ridiculously terrifying. One has teeth me. on the outside, one on the inside, and one ate Captain Hook. Okay, um, but uh, it's my it's my most irrational fear because I'm never around alligators or crocodiles. Right, but I find them so terrifying to look at because they're like demons. <laughs> but uh, people get eaten by these big alligators and crocodiles yeah. on golf courses sometimes in Florida because yeah. they're around there. And so we'd heard this. We get my brother and I get up one morning early while we're vacationing in Florida and go uh, play around a golf and. Um, I, I I hit my, my my ball on on this one hole a little off the uh, a little off the fairway. Okay. In fact, uh, right next to a water hazard. Okay. Like a little stream. Yeah. Type thing. Now, in order to hit the ball back onto the onto the green, right, or, or toward the green, you know, uh, I have to put, turn my back to the water. Oh. So I've got this in my head, you know, that there's Samuel gonna, Jackson that there's, turned his his back to the water in deep blue sea. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I'm lining up my shot, and then I hear this just wild splashing. Yeah, that I am sure is an al- is an alligator quickly emerging from the water right. to chase me down. Yeah. So I, without looking, drop my club and start just booking it, not in a straight line, Tyler, <laughs> in a zigzag pattern because that's what you're supposed to do. Okay. Because alligators get confused or can't turn fast or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So I'm running across the, the fairway in a zigzag pattern. I finally get far enough to turn around and i realized that it was just a, a family of ducks taking off <laughs> and then i turned a little bit further to find my brother christopher lying on the ground clutching his stomach laughing uncontrollably that probably would be a i you know what when you told me the story i don't think you mentioned the zigzag pattern that would have been delightful <laughs> but uh <laughs> so yeah i'm terrified of, of crocodiles and alligators that's that's really that's odd i love alligators and crocodiles but uh but yeah i guess they are they are frightening i yeah. suppose you view them as demons yeah they're, they're monsters they're because they're <laughs> they're as old as the dinosaurs yeah they're like it's like there's a t-rex yeah in the water yeah they've stuck around uh because you know what they don't get no better than this you know that that they don't need to evolve right because they can kill they anything are the they perfect want. killing machine they sure are they're right there with sharks. Okay, let's move on. I'm a little frightened, David. Let's okay. move on to something a little cuter. <laughs> a little cuter? Yeah. Well, I, I was I was going to move on to something a little sadder. Oh, sadder. Okay, sad is... Because uh, yeah. okay. uh, there's a lot of... there. There's a whole genre out there of people becoming attached to animals, and then the animal oh, yeah. has to die, or in some cases ha- gets rabies and has to be shot. Yeah. Sorry for spoiling the end of Old Yeller for... Well, you didn't have to say that. Everyone knows how old the yellow. Maybe it was. Maybe you're talking about larger than life with Bill Murray. Does that elephant get rabies and have to? It has to be shot several times. It takes a lot to bring down an elephant. Um, but yeah, oh man, I watched Old Yeller. 
just uh, just a few weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, it's devastating. I never saw it, but I did see there were two cop and dog movies when we were growing up. There was Turner and Hooch. Sure. And there was K nine. Oh, K nine. Uh, yeah. yeah. With uh, not K nineteen, The Widowmaker. No, no, that's not the one. <laughs> Although that one, that movie could have used a dog. Yeah. Just in general. Yeah. But uh, or like, or like like a friendly whale that that. Uh, that tagged along behind the submarine, <laughs> and then of course it gets you know uh, like hurt. Yeah, and protecting like, oh, the submarine. Of course, there's no question. And uh, yeah, now man, <laughs> this is right up there with that gangster baseball movie um, <laughs> that we will we'll write someday. Absolutely, but uh, yeah, it's what and what's interesting is the animal. It always has to die. Why? Yeah. Why do you think that is? Uh, because usually this these movies are about children. Yeah, uh, and it's sort of a coming of age type of thing. Like, you know, you start to you sort of stop being a child the moment you realize that you're going to die someday. Yeah, and that's that that's, that's uh, an animal that you love dying. Yeah, which is almost certainly going to happen because humans being better uh, than animals that's right. <laughs> uh, have longer life expectancies. You know. Yeah. And uh, pretty much any pet you have, there's a good chance that it's going to die before you are. Yeah. And that's – that's I, I still have trouble with that because I love my cat so much. Oh, yeah. And uh, she's uh, – you know, she's already uh, almost six years old. Yeah. And uh, it's just terrifying to me. Yeah, I remember uh, I remember when, when you and I got her. Yeah. It was, it was delightful. Yeah, I, uh, when, I was, when I was young, I had a, I had a, t- my, uh, I had a turtle – because uh, my mom was allergic to everything, and so we found a, a turtle walking around in the alley, uh, uh-huh. and uh, so we're like, "Hey, all right, uh, you know, uh, get a turtle," because uh, we can't have cats and dogs. Um, and so uh, the turtle uh, like died shortly after. We didn't know how old it was or anything like that. Um, and I remember thinking, and that made me really sad. And then, of course, uh, uh, not long after, uh, my uncle died by his own hand, and so I realized mortality uh, pretty early on in life. Yeah. Um, and so, but come to, f- I recently visited Denver and was hanging out with my brother. Come to find out, he totally blames me for the turtle dying. Um, What'd you do? Well, we had like one of those little like plastic, <laughs> uh, like kitty pools, you know, like uh-huh. that's maybe like what, five feet around, you know, sure. in diameter. And, um, or is that radius? What? I don't know. Circu- it, whatever. It's circular, it's five feet. Um, and it's very small. And uh, no, we radius would, is from the center to the thing. Is that what Di- it is? Diameter Diameter's is the whole thing. Straight across. Okay, five feet in diameter. Yeah. And so well, when you said five feet around, that's circumference. Which one are you talking about? Uh, diameter? diameter is what I'm talking about. Thank okay. you, David. Um, I hate you so much. Um, <laughs> what? You asked me. <laughs> I know I did. But uh, but I had moved on and you decided, no, nah, Tyler doesn't look dumb yet. And so I'm the one who said I didn't know. I had to think about it. Yeah, but this, uh, then I was... Anyway... Um, so the, uh, so I, we would, uh, you know, fill the, the, that little pool up uh, very small and we put the turtle in and he could splash around and, you know, he certainly couldn't drown. It was maybe like one inch, uh, of water. Uh, and then, uh, but we did live in the desert and, uh, apparently we had put the turtle in, I, apparently I had put the turtle in uh-huh. and, uh, f- had failed to realize that, uh, you know, the hot, Desert sun, which will get to like 120 degrees uh, in the summer, um, 
the area, the sun gets much hotter in general, regardless of what time <laughs> you of year. You thought I was going to correct you again? Yeah, I saw it coming, uh, and I thought, I'm going to beat you to this. Um, and so uh, so the, the, the water all evaporated, and apparently the turtle couldn't, couldn't get out, and it died. Now... And uh, and my brother was uh, at my at this most recent visit was quick to say like, you know why the turtle died because you put it in there not realizing I was five years old. <laughs> Here's an idea. He's four years older. Maybe he thinks about it. You know. Yeah. And it's just and so now I'm t- I'm really as if I don't have enough guilt that doesn't that isn't justified. Now I feel terrible for killing this turtle. But that said. Uh, you know, since I haven't had a pet since then, except now we have our cat Charlie, and it it really like bums me out to think that there's no question that he's going to die before I do. And I'm really that really makes me sad. Yeah, well, there's some question you could you could get hit by a train That's, or something. I don't hang out near train ta- train tracks, David. Yeah, I don't uh, hang out. Given you know our last topic, I don't hang out in the wilderness at all. Yeah, I don't go in the water. I don't go in the jungle. Yeah, I try to go. I don't. I don't I don't like to get too far from the pavement. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I think something's uh, – I have got other things that might kill me before I uh, before right. my time, but it's not going to be a wild animal because I right. go to great lengths to not be uh, – You know, them. I mean, I've, I, I live my life much the same, but I live my life like not only will uh, real animals not kill me – I'm trying to keep play it safe just in case there are like graboids from tremors, right. you know. <laughs> so it's like always stay in concrete, no loose uh, ground, you know. I, I better safe than sorry, David. I'm not yeah. ending up up like Victor Wong. <laughs> but uh, so I wanted to, yeah. There's um, Old Yeller. Uh, there's my dog Skip. Um, I never saw that. The dog. The, oh, I guess the dog, of course, has to die. Why wouldn't he? I think maybe I'm thinking of a different movie, but I'm okay. pretty sure that he'd. My dog skip was one of those movies, like all my uh, uh, all the pretty horses. Mm-hmm. I know I've seen it, but I remember almost nothing about it. Okay. Um, but uh, I also know the the animal doesn't die in this movie. Quite the opposite. Uh, but there is the, it's immortal. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> no. In this next movie, I'm going to talk about. Oh, okay. Um, but it is a movie about a a boy and an animal, and that's Free Willy. Oh, okay. Which I don't know if it's if you. I I loved it when I was little. Okay. I haven't obviously seen it since then. I imagine right. is it not is it not good? Do you know? Uh, I haven't seen it since I was little, and I I guess I liked it at the time. Oh, I thought it was great. Did you? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> but um. Yeah. So that's the uh, that's the. Uh, oh, you were just going to mention Free Willy. Yeah, it's. Uh, well, I, I'm trying to think. What does the kid learn in Free Willy? It's not about mortality. He 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 sort of learns to. Uh, I think he learns to fight back against the man. But maybe that's maybe I'm just. Uh, I think it's that. Projecting. I think the, I think the message of that film is is more an environmental message. I think it's more like specific to our times than it is just kind of this timeless kind of thing. Like, uh, oh, what's that one? The Yearling. Right, which with, I haven't uh, seen. Yeah, and that's that's the one with Gregory Peck, right? As the, the father. It. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, mo- you know, movies like Old Yeller and um, and The Yearling, and then the I'm sure it was made where the red where the red fern grows. I'm sure it was made into a movie, but it's you know a book yeah, as yeah, well. Um, you know where you're right. I think it's you know animals because 
they're not people, you know, uh, a, a child having to suddenly face the idea that their parents are going to die uh, might be a little too much for like a six year old. Uh-huh. But, you know, an animal dying is like, oh, it's still rough, but I don't, you know, it's a little more manageable. Um, I think those deal with a slightly more timeless thing you know something that everybody has to deal with yeah but the idea of like save you know save the whales and but in both whether earth whether it's dying or whether it's like you know leaping over that stone wall right kid holding his hand up right uh um it still does the it's they are movies about children learning to take care of something you know because like like we talked about earlier you know kids are sociopathic and selfish yeah (laughs) um I mean that's that's a little glib, but kids are sort of selfish. They don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think empathy is a trait you're born with. I think it's a learned oh, trait. Yeah. You know, and uh, it, and so yeah, whether the animal dies or not, a, a, one of the big lessons that the children in these kid and animal movies learn, yeah, is uh, how to care about something else. You yeah. know, especially you know with a lot of these, you can't. Uh, you know, I mean. Obviously, the whale is bigger than the kid, but yeah, a lot of these are little things that you sort of have more control over. Yeah, uh, and you learn sort of how to be responsible with that control. Yeah, the the kids do. Um, now that's gonna <clears throat> that's gonna take me to a movie that I know you like and that I also really like. Okay, um, it's a uh, it's about an old man mm-hmm. and uh, and an animal, and it's called Harry and Tonto. That's right, starring Art Carney. That's right. For uh, which you won uh, Best Actor, nineteen seventy four. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? I know you've seen it more re- more often than I have. I think. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a big fan of it, and I think that uh, it's interesting because, um, because like a, a a child's relationship with an animal, whether it be in a in a book or a movie, is often like it's almost always, as you say, like a coming of age type of thing, uh-huh. where it's it's them recognizing certain responsibilities that will be expected of them as they get older. Um, but what's interesting about Harry and Tonto, and I feel like there probably have been, oh, uh, Umberto D, oddly oh, enough, right. also has an old man and his dog. Um, but and in Tonto, it's a, Tonto is a cat. Tonto is a cat, yes. Yeah. Um, Which is why I like it a little bit more, because I'm more of a cat yeah, person. Yeah. Nothing against, I love dogs. Right, I just, right. Being a cat owner, I'm more of a cat person. Indeed. Again, I just want to avoid emails. I love, yeah. I love dogs. Yeah, I you're really, man, you're going to get a flood. <laughs> um, but the, uh. With those, it's it's interesting because often, in fact, have you seen uh, Umberto D? No, you son of a bitch! What's wrong with you? <laughs> I know. How could I? How can I? <laughs> Jingoistic xenophobes. <laughs> um, but uh, in both films, the the human, you know, the the old man, uh, has kind of is usually alone. Like if they had a wife, uh, their wife is is usually dead. Um, their children, if they have them, are don't really they don't really talk anymore or their their kids are just not necessarily negligent but they got stuff to do you know and um like that harry chapin song and so no i think that kid might actually be negligent but the and so really the old man has kind of not necessarily given up on humanity but at this point they've lived long enough they know what to expect from humanity Uh and from adulthood and really the the last thing they have isn't a person it's like hey Everyone else in this world is going to screw me, but Tonto, or Flyke, which is the name uh-huh. of the, the dog and, and uh, Umberto D, um, these things will never, never let us down. And what's, what's really fascinating in, um, in uh, Umberto D is that, uh, you know, he keeps, he, he's much like, it's uh, De Sica, and so much like Bicycle Thieves, there's not, there's not a whole lot of 
plot. It's really just this guy trying to trying to get by. Um, and by the end, he's he's uh, spoilers. He's uh, homeless. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't have anywhere to go. Um, and he feels like, well, if I'm not going to I'm not going to force this animal to be with me when I'm homeless. And so he like tries to take it various places and, and just none of it seems right. And then finally, uh, he uh, is thinking of actually killing himself and he's holding his dog and he's going to like step in front of a train, but actually the dog like is scared and get and runs away from him. And the idea of the dog now viewing him as some kind of threat to its existence existence uh, is like overwhelming to him and he can't bear that. So he steps off the tracks and he goes after his dog, but it's keeping its distance because it thinks like, well, I'm going to die if I stay with this guy. Um, and all of a sudden the most important thing to him is reconciling with this animal because it's really the last thing he has and all of us and he does and it's i'm getting choked up right now because it is so absolutely touching that well, can you is there is there uh, anything left to spoil that you can't you cannot spoil it have you spoiled the whole movie now uh i think i've spoiled the whole movie but it's uh <laughs> you know what it's fine but um but by the end, he does, you know, the dog, he does, like, get the dog back. And then it just ends with him playing with the dog in the park. And, like, it has given him, because he's kind of depressed at this point, uh-huh. uh, as one would be. And, uh, but all of a sudden, just playing with the dog, like, really lifts his spirits. And all of a sudden, it's like he has a reason to live again. And it's just really fascinating, because I, and I'd say Harry and Tonto, which is kind of a uh, a road movie as well. But um, just the idea that that uh, as pure a relationship and as fairly uncomplicated a relationship as, as a person can have with an animal, um, like there's something, as I said, kind of something so pure about it that that's kind of what drives them. That's kind of, it's so, it's so kind of freeing and they just really like, this is, this is all I need. And it's an interesting, it usually has to do with some, someone who's some sort of, uh, somehow an, an outcast in some way yeah you know and finding like a kinship with yeah with an animal who is in the case like like harry and tonto or like uh i, I even wrote down dorothy and toto in, in mm. wizard of oz is the same thing like a completely loyal yeah sidekick you know um what's the name of the dog <clears throat> in um i am legend i can't remember but that, that i yeah. thought about that too um and then it's just, it's also in a uh, think of uh, Tobey Maguire's relationship to Seabiscuit uh, oh, yeah. in, in the movie is sort of the same thing, like yeah, because he's I don't know they're like they're both like people that no one really believes in, and, right. and they and they find some sort of a solace in in each other. Yeah, uh, animals can also be just a really obvious symbol for things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wait, are you are you denigrating Seabiscuit? <laughs> Not the horse itself. No, I mean the movie. Oh, a little bit. No, okay. Um, uh, now, in all these movies we've named so far, I think, except for maybe Cats and Dogs, which I named kind of jokingly, the animals don't speak. Right. Right. But there, there are movies in which animals speak. Certainly right. There's, there, there's two different kinds. Yeah. There's like the uh, your Dr. Doolittle type right. where the animals speak to people. That's not my Dr. Doolittle. No. Okay. Um and that's pretty much all we need to say about Doctor Doolittle. Okay, indeed. Uh, and then there's now, which Doctor Doolittle are you talking about? You're talking about Rex Harrison. I just, I, I haven't. I've only ever seen the Eddie Murphy ones. Oh, okay. And yes, I said ones. I've seen one and two. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I wasn't watching Umberto D. I was watching Doctor Doolittle one and two. All right. Um, but then there's the other kind where we sort of 
it's almost like we're we're getting to uh to uh hang out secretly with the animals you know mm. and see what they're really like yeah <laughs> like uh it's sort of like the 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 far side cartoon where the cows are all on two le- on two right legs until the car comes by but um uh, i'm thinking here of uh like homeward bound the incredible journey homeward bound the incredible journey okay yeah yeah which uh again that's another one i'm afraid to rewatch because it might not be good but man i love it it's uh it's all right yeah um you know, it's it's sad, of course, uh, but in this yeah. case, it's there's really no humans. Humans are viewed as kind of the the threat. I mean, there's the loving family, yeah, but it's through their kind of uh, not necessarily negligence. I don't quite recall how the uh, oh, that's right, because they're going to leave the animals in the care of like this, the, like an ant or something that uh-huh. uh, lives in the woods, and then the ant, through her negligence, because she doesn't care about these animals, not that she's mean or anything, but she just doesn't know how to take care of them, winds up like losing them in the woods, and uh, and so so even then, the the well-meaning humans still cause the animals to be in this predicament, and then of course there's the dog catcher and and all that kind of thing. So I, in that case, humans are the enemy, which. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's been done in, in other movies as well. Sure. Well, um, it's definitely a big part of uh, uh, Babe 2, Pig in the City. Which I, uh, which I never saw. It's one of the best films in the 1990s. Yeah, it's it was uh, Siskel's favorite movie of uh, 98, I believe. I think, yeah. It's it's awesome. And so is Babe is also great. That, oh, yeah. that was going to be my next one. I, thought, I wanted to get Homer Bound out of the way and then talk about the Babe movies because that's yeah. very much the same thing. It's, you know... The animal doesn't actually talk to um, uh, who's the who's the actor in the first one? James Cromwell. James Cromwell. That's right. Um, <clears throat> but the animals talk to each other. Yeah. Which brings up logistics. Like, if they don't speak, if pigs don't speak human, why do they speak chicken? Shouldn't pigs and chicken have their own languages? <laughs> well, they're all like multilingual. They just don't have. They just they don't want to speak English. Right. But they, I mean, it is English. It's just not human. Maybe they uh-huh. no. Maybe they all speak English, but they don't. Uh, they just choose to clam up in front of uh, you know the humans. Sure, like that Far Side comic. Yeah. So, yeah. but now I haven't seen Babe since I saw it in the theater. So that's fifteen years ago now. Uh huh. Wow, that's weird. <laughs> um, and then I never saw Babe Pig in the City. Um, what? And what's interesting is that. You know, Babe was nominated for a bunch of Oscars, including Picture. Uh-huh. And I certainly enjoyed it when I saw it. I don't remember, like, when I think back on it, I don't remember what was so amazing about it. It was a perfectly fine family film. But I don't remember why so many people loved it. Maybe you can answer it for me. And why is Babe Pig in the City so good? Um, well, as far as the first one, I've maybe it's been 14 years since I've seen it. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it's just, it's a, there's a lot of, it's a very sentimental story, but without ever being sappy. You know, mm-hmm. it, it earns every moment. And it's got a, it's got some big ones. I mean, you know, yeah. obviously that'll do, pig. Right. Like, that's a that's a film moment that makes me cry. Yeah. We're, we're gonna do an episode on that someday. Movies that make us that cry. Scene. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, on movies that make us cry. But, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but that's definitely one of them. That that line that'll do, pig. That's that. It's it's that it's that sort of understated sentimentality. You know, that makes it. Yeah. Plus the, the 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 whimsy, mm-hmm. you know, of of the animals. It's a good script. It's I'm sorry. Fun. The what? Uh, whimsy. <laughs> I'm sorry. One more time. Whimsy. Okay. 
<laughs> All right. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, and, and then Babe Pig in the City is uh, it's a it's a it's a horse of a different color, <laughs> if you will. Mm-hmm. It's because um, it, again, it's a it, like Homer Bound. It's about a lost animal. Yeah, you know. Um, and humans are very often the uh, the um, the enemy. And <laughs> there's actually one scene because there's all these sort of misfit animals that that meet up, and there's this kitten who is the cutest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And when they're trying to talk about like how they lost or got separated from their masters or their owners or whatever, and the kitten's like, <laughs> in this adorable voice, it yeah. says something along the lines of, uh, my master threw me and my siblings in a bag and threw us in the river. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that's what you're working with a thing in the city. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. And it's also, now I know in, uh, in, in film school when I, when they taught mise en scène, yeah, they, the the film they showed us, at least in my class, was mm-hmm. *Raise the Red Lantern*, mm, yeah. which I don't, you know, that's a that's a very good yeah. uh, choice. But they could just as easily choose *Pig in the City*. It's uh, it, the the reality in *Babe* is similar to our reality out on the farm, but the okay. city in *Pig in the City* is uh, is a little bit fantastical, a little. Okay. Uh, at at times, maybe a little grotesque, but we should do an a, episode on uh, films about the city. Sure, yeah, it's not bad actually. I just thought of that. Okay, go yeah. ahead. So, um, <clears throat> they're they're two very different movies, um, and Pig in the City is the better one, but uh, not by a whole lot. So, when you say grotesque, you mean that like the city itself is so over like over stylized. That sounds negative, but it's yeah, just but it's stylized the, to the point of almost vulgarity. Okay, but that's not a to mistake the, on the filmmaker's point. Yeah, that's, to make the city look frightening or overwhelming, or yeah, and but it, it sometimes sometimes it looks magical and, okay. and wonderful. It's a it's part of why the film's so good. You okay, know? It, it, it it can it's the city is so like overblown in every way that sometimes it's it's fascinating and sometimes it's a little terrifying. Okay. I gotta see this movie, and <laughs> I remember it, it's it's one of those where every time uh, I mention like oh, I gotta see Babe Pig in the City, I've stopped saying that in front of people because <laughs> uh, everyone would just be like, "What are you talking? The sequel to Babe? <laughs> yeah, that's the one." Um, thankfully, Siskel gave it uh, such high marks all those years ago because now I'm just like Siskel said this, so shut up. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's uh, that's the the talking animals, uh, and then there's there's only a few more movies I want to talk about. Okay, um, you sound disappointed, David. Well, one of these is great. Okay, uh, the, I guess these are movies about. I guess they're comedies or something. <laughs> okay, there's one I'm going to talk about that I don't even know how to. I I, I don't think you've seen it. Okay, um, but this is I guess more about how people relate to pets in good and or bad ways you know there's uh there's beethoven of course okay, the, yeah. the pet is an adorable menace yeah you know um and then there's best in show which is a movie that's oh, yeah. it has dogs in it but it's really about people right who uh take their or they just treat their dogs in the wrong way i was gonna say take them too seriously but it's a living thing you can't take it too seriously they just they just do it the wrong the wrong way. Well, and I think they they clearly project things onto their yeah. pets. Yeah, uh, especially the Michael Hitchcock and Parker Posey yeah. couple, yeah. who are my favorite in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, 
And then there's, so then there's one movie that I just want to talk about. I'm not even going to say that much about it because I just want everyone to go see it to rent it. Okay. It's called Buddy. And it's wait, uh, but it's with Rene Russo, right? Yeah. About the the ape. Yeah. Okay. Talk about it. It's horrible. Okay. But in ways you can't even imagine. Okay. <laughs> it, it, it is off the charts, just bizarre. Okay. At, at, at times, her like relationship to this ape is like has, it's never over. It's never like come out. And, it, it's just like there's something creepy about it. it it's it's a it's really a movie about a crazy woman that okay. doesn't seem to know it's a movie about a crazy woman. Oh, okay. The movie seems to think it's making like a, a heartwarming tale. Yeah. But it's actually about a very sick woman. Okay. I don't want to say, and I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to ruin it like you did in Berto D. Uh, but everyone should just go. I was trying to prove that I've seen it. <laughs> That's all I was doing. Um, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I'm not uh, a guy who smokes pot. I'm not an advocate, really. Right. But uh, if you wanted to get high and watch Buddy, I'm sure you'd have a great time. <laughs> now, David, I do not smoke pot. Do you think I will enjoy the film? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I like okay. I said, I don't. Now. How did you see, buddy? Did they give it away like with a cereal in cereal or something? Yeah, you and I bought some cereal, right? And I got uh, uh, Muppets Take Manhattan, I think, right, which is a good movie. In yeah, mine, yeah. And then in your box of cereal, <laughs> you got Buddy, right? Which you never watched, and it sat there for probably two years. Yeah, before me and and our old roommate Cole, yeah, composer of the uh, Battleship Pretension theme song. That's right. Um. Decided to watch it, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he flipped out. Of course, he, he couldn't <laughs> believe what he was seeing. <laughs> so that's what explains his behavior. Yeah, that explains why he moved to Colombia and was just like, "What? I can't get away from Buddy." But you didn't get to see Cole in Colombia. No, right? Colombia is a big country, and he lives far away. Where um, does he live? Uh, I don't remember the name, but it's. I think it's. I think this speaks to my stupid. Not to imply that an American mentality is stupid, but literally it's just like, well, I'm going to this country. This person lives in this country. Maybe they can drive the 20 minutes to come see me. No, <laughs> it's like 14 hours. <laughs> but stupid me is just like, well, this should be fine. I mean, I'm in the same country, so <laughs> yeah. this shouldn't, shouldn't be a problem. Um, but, uh, but yeah, oh, man. Now, you know, uh, there is, I mean, I... Like any animal, I mean, there's uh, there's certain animals that are featured uh, more than than others, and I feel like gorillas are a big one because you've got like Ed about a monkey playing baseball. Wait, is that? I thought that was a chimpanzee. Uh, I've never seen the movie. Is that what? It, is that what it is? I, I don't know. I've okay. Never seen the movie. Well, monkeys, gorillas, whatever. Let's just say, yeah, the whole the whole simian thing. Yeah, primates. Sure. Uh, and then there's Dunstan checks in. Yeah. Uh, Mighty and then, Joe Young. Mighty Joe Young, King Kong. King Kong. Um, it's about a giant gorilla, as is Mighty Joe Young. So it's a little different. But um, and right. then, but then there's like Gorillas in the Mist, uh-huh. which, uh, which, and that one's interesting because, and I'm sure there are other movies that I'm that I'm not thinking of that are that are like this, where literally, um, you know, uh, Sigourney Weaver plays. I, now I don't remember the name of uh, Jane it's, Goodall. It's either Diane Fossey or Jane Goodall. Diane Fossey. That's who it is. Um, is it? I'm I'm almost positive because yes. one of them is gorillas, the other one is chimps, and whichever one Sigourney Weaver played was the gorilla one. But I, I can never remember. I always get it mixed up. Which one died? 
I, I don't know. Okay, I'm almost positive it's Diane Fossey. Thank you. Okay. Um, but uh, anyway, and so you know, uh, of course, it's based on a uh, on a real person. So I don't I don't mean to uh, you know speak poorly of her, but uh, you know, based on the events of the film, uh, she has taken some of the mentality of like uh, of Umberto D or or Harry from Harry and Tonto, where it's just like you know I uh, I'm, I'm I'm done with people. I get it. Uh, I'd much rather hang out with this animal. Um, it takes that mentality and actually pushes it to the point where she felt m- way more at home with the gorillas than she did with people and would go to very extreme lengths to protect them from poachers. And so, and of course, you don't want animals to be killed by poachers. That's really yeah. terrible. But like, she would actually like kill them and then she was eventually killed by these people so like it's it's a very tragic story but um kind of like grizzly man yeah i well i mean that in that case it's like the thing he loved most turning on him yeah um but i guess that uh, that could count as well as just the idea that uh that there's just you know people who there are some movies and it's odd that grizzly man's documentary gorillas in the mist is based on a real person who they just they're just done with people and somehow they feel like the, the natural connect and I love my cat, but like the natural connection that they feel with animals is, as I said, more pure and it's the only one that matters and they will kill their fellow humans to, uh, you know, or they'll forsake them or in some cases fight them to keep their, uh, you know, to keep the relationship going with, with animals. And that's, that seems very backwards to me, but, a movie like Gorillas in the Mist, and I think to a certain extent Grizzly Man, although Grizzly Man makes no bones about the fact this guy's crazy. Um, yeah. They uh, they actually and by put, this guy you mean Werner Herzog? <laughs> yeah, there's any number of people I could be talking about, <laughs> um, but uh, they actually do a really good job of putting you into the mentality of the subject to the point where you feel like, well, yeah, of course that's what you do. You fight these people because they're hurting. What you love and, you know, what in this case, what the person loves is not a person. It's an animal, but they still love it and you fight for what you love. And it's it's interesting. And, and I know uh, I know of uh, Girls in the Mist actually caused a not a huge amount of controversy, but there are people who just much like uh, the way people some people respond to Into the Wild. They just are so not on board with the main character's philosophy uh-huh. that they just, it kind of colors the whole movie for them. But I, I like gorillas in the mist. I never and, saw uh, it. It's, it's good stuff. And it really, really, uh, does a great job of creating the connection between the, the character and, and the animal. Well, I think we got some good stuff out of this topic. I think we did too. We, we even got to tell a couple of, of stories. Yeah. I should have mentioned arachnophobia earlier. So you could tell the story about sleeping with your socks. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Here's the thing. Spiders are the worst things ever. And I understand that everyone's like, oh, but we need spiders to kill bugs. We've got sprays and stuff now. All right. We can kill bugs that way. Spiders. Let me throw this there at you, uh, out there at you. Is There's snakes and spiders. Okay. People hate both of them. Uh, snakes. I don't like snakes, but they don't like horrify me the way spiders do. See, I think I'm, uh, neither one really horrifies me, but I think, I think I find snakes scarier because I can't, I can squish a spider. Not a tarantula. But tarantulas aren't actually all that dangerous. But look at them. They're horrifying, yes. They are horrifying. 
the danger comes from the heart attack I'm going to have when I see one. <laughs> um, and I and I was raised in the California desert where there were tarantulas and scorpions and, and that. Yeah, kind of scorpions thing. are scary, but um, they are horrifying. They really everything about them looks like something created in a in a fantasy film, but they're yeah. real. They're yeah. actually. But, we're talking about German hair metal band, the Scorpions, right? Oh, absolutely. The Scorps, as I like to call them. I saw them once. Did you really? Uh, it was uh, Deep Purple, Scorpions, and Dio. <laughs> it was awesome. That's an interesting. Uh, that's a threefer. Yeah. Um, but the. Uh, but it's interesting that there are some there are some animals that I think storytellers, whether it be books or film or whatever, they understand that. Like, all right. Spiders are by nature horrifying. Uh, nobody likes them, and people who do like them are just fooling themselves. Um, if you want to create, uh, if you let's say you have a fantasy film, and you say, and it's like, well, I want an animal that's going to terrify the audience. Oh well, let's just make a big spider because nothing is more terrifying than being in the position of like a fly. You know, uh-huh. so you get, so that's how. Okay, there's a big spider in one of the Ewok movies. Sure. All right. Harry Potter 2. Harry Potter 2. Eight-Legged Freaks. Eight-Legged Freaks. Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Lord of All the right? Rings, of course. And just, yeah, Lord of the Rings, the spider is so uh, terrifying, everyone knows about her. All right? <laughs> and just, so there's that. But then, of course, also giant snakes, uh, like, again, like in Harry Potter. Harry Potter 2. <laughs> right. It's just, man. Because, of course, the one thing that, that Shelob, the big uh, spider, is afraid of is the big snake. Um, but it's just... Uh, I feel like that that is that's how you know that the animal is by nature uh vaguely evil is just like hey let's make a big gorilla in king kong oh but he's misunderstood let's make a giant spider oh let's kill them let's because spiders are by nature dangerous so if you make them bigger that's what that then they're horrifying uh-huh. that's what you do to it's just it's it's not lazy it's just using what people already know even if they won't admit it uh, and that's that uh, spiders are the worst things ever, and nobody likes them, and they need to all die. And, uh, you know, and just like, all right, I- I'm sorry, I've really started rambling about spiders. I hate them so much. Yeah. And that's why arachnophobia, because those spiders are just slightly larger than in life. Um, uh-huh. Although not in, like, certain places in South America. Like, tarantulas get to be about, like, a foot and a half. Ah! A foot and a half wide. Is that and, true? Yeah. A foot and a half? Yeah. That's a big spider. That's a big ass spider. That's like crazy. <laughs> and those things will keep, that's like a that's like face hugger from alien big. <laughs> All right? Yeah. And so um except this thing's not going to lay an egg in you. It's just going to eat you. I don't Is that think they true? eat. No, that's not true. <laughs> but uh, they'll bite you. And uh, that won't be pleasant. <clears throat> but uh but yes, yeah, so David brought up arachnophobia and uh I I've always been scared of spiders, but Trying to prove that I'm brave when I'm eight and arachnophobia comes out in the theater. My brother and his friends go and see it. And I'm like, I'll go too because I'm stupid. And uh, and so I go and see it. And then I spend and there's a scene where a character is sleeping in a tent and a spider crawls under his covers and bites him and sucks all the blood out of him and stuff like that. Um, so eight years old, it's like, well, OK, uh, well, sleeping under the covers is out. That's that can't happen. And uh, so then, and then I also slept in like pants and socks, and because uh, just like no way, uh, I'm not giving I'm not giving the spider any skin to bite into uh, <laughs> for well over a year. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's ugh, spiders. 
Well, now that I mean, now that you've revealed that embarrassing factoid about yourself, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> let's uh, let's call it a day, huh? Let's yes. call it a show. Absolutely. Uh, once again, um, the live show, yep. Battleship Pretension Live at Meltdown Comics on Sunset Boulevard, mm-hmm. February sixth at eight p.m. Five dollars, free beer. Yeah. As if that weren't, we're going to be there. Free beer is going to be there. It's five bucks at a comic book store. As if that weren't enough. Right. We've also got a bunch of. Awesomely funny comedians. That's right. Let's see if I can name them right this time. Okay, here we go. Okay, we got Jimmy Pardo. Hang on, I want to. Uh, let me try this. Okay, you name them and then give me a moment. Jimmy Pardo, episode sixty-two. Okay, all right. Frank Conniff. Frank Conniff, one twenty-eight. Okay, uh, Jason Nash, ninety-seven. Uh, Josh Fadum, forty-eight, and, and several some other, yeah. several others. Uh, Pat Healy. 137, I believe. And Ed, Ed Salazar. 106. All right. Did I leave anybody out that time? I don't think so. I've been, <laughs> I was so focused on the... But yeah, so go back. And if you don't know who, who these some of these people are, go back and listen to... All of our guest episodes are available. Mm-hmm. So go and listen to them and uh, and then be like... And then get excited and be like, oh, I, I get to see this guy live? Now we're talking. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be hilarious. Uh, there's gonna be free beer. Yeah. Um so there's that. Okay. Also, um next week is our hundred and fiftieth episode. That's right. We're gonna have uh we're gonna have a couple favorites on yeah. to uh to celebrate with us like we did for our one hundredth. Right. Um we got that. Uh and uh of course there's the, the Ask BP video segment. You can right. you can email you can email tweet me questions. Uh yeah. I'm on Twitter at the pretension. Right. Um Anything else we need to we need to get out of the way? There's the subscriptions, the donation subscription. Right now, now when I say subscription, you don't have to subscribe. You already subscribed to the show in iTunes or your RSS, whatever. Absolutely. Uh, and if you're not, please, it would help us if you if you did subscribe. It sure it's would, easy. Yeah. It's easy. It doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. But you can also subscribe donations. Yeah. Two dollars a month for one year. Yeah. It comes out of your whatever. PayPal account, card, checking account. You don't even feel card. it. You don't even feel it. <laughs> That's kind of what we do, isn't it? You say you don't even feel it. I say it louder. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's two bucks a month. And that's the thing. As as we've said before, two bucks a month for a, for a person isn't that big of a deal. But if enough people do it, it makes a huge difference for us. And right. the subscription, the, the nature of what it is, it just... It's being able to depend on a certain amount of money every month, which is very exciting for us. And so it would really help us out if you did it. Um, and, uh, and of course, the one, if you don't want to do that, there's also the one-time subscription, one-time uh, the donation. one-time donation. Thank yeah, you. and that's just that's at the bottom of the homepage. You can just click the, the right. PayPal donate button. Right. Um, for the subscriptions, there's a, there's a link at the bottom of the homepage or, or uh, I'm sorry, or at the top right. Yeah. There's two ways to get to that. Yeah. Oh, excuse You're me. Okay, there, David. Yeah. All uh, right. So, uh, in addition to that, thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, you can absolutely. get us at battleshippretension dot com. Uh, you can email us Tyler at battleshippretension dot com or David at battleshippretension dot com. Of course, you can always uh, find us on iTunes. Subscribe if you're not if you're not subscribed. Write us a review. That would help. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm on Twitter at the Pretension. Tyler is on Twitter at More Lessons, which is the Twitter for the the, the uh, Twitter account for his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which you can find at morethanonelesson.com dot com or on iTunes. Right. Now, David, let me ask you this. Yeah. And you can say no if you want. Should we start teasing? What you're about to do? Uh, I was I was going to mention it. There, there's okay. 
just stay tuned for uh, a new a new development from me, David Bax. Okay, all right, and that's, a friend. Yeah, that's a nice tease, and uh, we'll we'll pay that off probably in the next uh, in the next uh, couple weeks. Yeah, or and, and and maybe sooner if you're if you follow me on Twitter. Right at the pretension. Okay. Yes, indeed. So, all right. <laughs> uh, thanks everybody for listening, and uh, we'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.